it is time for the Friday hot tag. Waiting on J Cow to hop on. We got a lot going on. We got Mike Bennett challenging Nick Aldis. We got pricing now has come out for UWN Primetime Live. Uh, we've got All Out tomorrow night with the Women's World Champ Thunder Rosa challenging Hikaru Shida for the AEW Championship. And now we got J Cal joining us. And uh, man, what a day. What a day. What my a day indeed. My man. Listen, I was just, you know, I was just reflecting on the week of news and wrestling we've had and uh, what we still have to come, man. We've got so much going on. It's it's insane, dude. You know, it's it's crazy because for, I don't know, like maybe about the last five to six months, we've been starving for that NWA content, NWA news, NWA this, that, and the other thing. And now it's coming at us in spade. I mean, world champion defended last uh, last week in, in North Richfield, te- uh, Texas. The women's champion challenging the AEW champion this weekend at All Out. It has been a great time to be a fan of the NWA. It's coming back, baby. It's back. It's back. Listen, who's been saying that? For the past four or five months, who's been saying the NWA is not going anywhere? Just wait, be patient. They're restructuring. This is this is going to happen. We've been saying that. So it's it's nice to finally have uh, you know some some legs to all the claims that we've been making and some proof. Um, but I got to tell you, man, it is kind of like whiplash because you're right, man. We we kind of I wasn't comfortable in a, in a positive sense. Like I didn't like it. But right, I had kind of gotten into the lull a little bit, and now right. it's like you know, almost seemingly overnight, it's like, well, Merry Christmas! Here's all of the wrestling you can handle and more. So uh, buckle up, get ready for it. And speaking of buckling up and getting ready for it, I mean, we're here to talk about battle royals, sir, and the battle royals over the history of time have been used to shake up wrestling promotions, to shake up storylines, to, to make number one contenders. And, uh, you know, being a Southern California boy, uh, those legendary uh, Grand Olympic Auditorium Battle Royals were the thing of, of you know, history. Of course, Andre the Giant, uh, the big cat Ernie Ladd, you know, the great Goliath. Those Battle Royals always had so much meaning behind them. And I know this is where you and I have a difference of opinions because throughout history, your boy Jay has loved the Battle Royals, but you have a different opinion. Why don't we talk about that? Slightly different opinion, man, and I'll I'll caveat it by saying this. I I think a lot of it has to do with not necessarily the Battle Royal uh, as, as a premise or as an idea or a concept, but mainly just how it's executed. Uh, from promotion to promotion and from event to event, because, um, you know, I, I was I was thinking through, right, we've got the traditional battle royal, right, which is, of course, multiple men or women in the ring at a time, and you you get eliminated by getting thrown over the top rope and your feet hit the floor, right? That's that's a traditional battle royal. But what's happened is the muddy, the, the waters have gotten so muddied over time through um, things like, you know, tag team battle royals or uh, different promotions do it different. I know in you know, the New Japan battle royal, you can lose by pinfall or submission, uh, as well as getting thrown over the top rope. In MLW, they have a sim- similar 
um, battle royal style. Uh, Lucha Underground had a different battle royal style. And then we have, you know, coming up this weekend, we've got AEW All Out. And AEW does what they call a casino battle royale, where they send people to the ring in groups of five. And it, that's kind of how you, you enter. I also have issues with the um, the format of introducing people one at a time. So the traditional Royal Rumble format where, you know, you start with the first two and then every 60 or 90 seconds or honestly, whenever WWE feels like it, they ring the bell and then another person comes in and that format feels weird to me. And I come, I come at it too from, from a position of what's more authentic, right? I like the idea of let's get a bunch of guys in the ring at the same time. Let's ring the bell and let them duke it out. That, I, I'm on board with that. But when you start factoring in, okay, we're going to send them in groups or we're going to go one at a time or something like that, that's where it gets a little fuzzy for me. And I kind of have I have a harder time, I find, buying into that, no pun intended, for the uh, Casino Battle Royale. But you, you get what I'm saying? Well, no, and, and I don't think what you're saying is uh, necessarily a negative thing. I mean, uh, of course, everyone has their own preference. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood adopted a similar style to that Royal Rumble, where they do send out wrestlers every few minutes instead of that all starting off in one ring. That, like, like you said, that barrage of talent all in one spot and let the chips fall where they may. And, and I, I, I tend to agree with you. My idea of a battle royal is you literally have you know thirty participants in a ring, and just like I said, let the chips fall where they may. And the, and the, the benefit to that right, is you could radically change storylines. You could create feuds in that battle royal. You could create uh, a new championship, uh, a new challenger to the championship. You can create a new championship. And, and I think that is a trusted model, and that's what was done in the past. I think everyone trying to emulate or innovate something that didn't need to be changed. Um, like I said, the aforementioned red carpet rumble has talent coming to the ring. Now, yeah, you could still establish storyline and you could still establish uh, challengers and, and, and animosity in that rumble. But when you start off in the full ring, I mean, the visual alone is, is, is stunning to see 30, 30 bodies in that ring and, and, and seeing, you know, and that's the thing about this too. It, it's, not, it's not a wrestling match, right? This is different. This is the one time in history where they really switched it up on us because, you know, through – through the idea of professional wrestling in a combat sport, the, obviously the idea is pin or submit, you know, make your man quit or, or make him tap out or make him count the three. And in a battle royal, that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to throw somebody over the top rope where the advantage goes to the much bigger guys, the much more powerful guys. So I, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I think visually in the ring, when you've got 30 men or 15 men or whatever the, the rumble is, I mean, I was witness to a 60-man three-ring battle royal about a decade ago where, I, I'm sorry, it was 159 competitors, and it was a, an amazing spectacle. It wasn't a Royal Rumble style. They all started off in the three separate rings, and it was, it was different. It was unique, but it was still, at, at the point of it, was the same thing, that battle royal. So I, I, think, I think we agree more than we disagree on this. Yeah, and you know, I think for me, again, like I said, I, I I love the concept. I love, you know, the 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 basic idea of a battle royal, and if executed correctly, um, I, I'm I'm bought in. But I think for me, it's as I said, you know, because 
if you're going to send guys down to the ring one at a time, well, then you got to have a storyline for how you come up with that order, right? And I think WWE has, again, soured me to that because I know they used to do, like, the lottery. They would, you know, spin it and everybody would draw a, a number out. But now they don't even really focus on that. And so you're just like, it's just obvious that they've predetermined who's going to come out when just based on whatever the storyline they want to tell. Right. So, Oh yeah, there's Roman Reigns, number 30, you know, getting the advantage on everyone else who's been in the ring for over an hour. You know, it's like that kind of stuff to me just kind of makes me roll my eyes. And I don't like when wrestling makes me roll my eyes. You know what I mean? I, I like wrestling that, that is exciting and engaging and it. it. It's something I can kind of sink my teeth into and believe a little bit. And so it's those little elements like that 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 kind of make it go off the rails for me. And then you've got, you know, tag team battle royals where, uh, you know, only one of the guys has to win or there's tag team battle royals where if, if one of them gets eliminated, the other one's automatically eliminated, stuff like that. It's like, is that the best format to establish that? And then the other aspect of it is the stakes, right? So there's always going to be stakes with a battle. There's not just a battle royal for no reason. You got to have a motivating factor for a, a competitor to get in the ring with a, a large number of other competitors. Right. So, and so over time, we've seen world championships decided by a battle royal, which I don't love. I don't love world championships being decided by any kind of stipulation or gimmick match, not necessarily stipulation, but a gimmick like that. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't even love the idea of number one contenders being established by that because to me those are two separate things those sure. are two different, two different skill sets to be to, to to win a survival of the fittest competition in a ring with 29 other competitors takes a completely different mentality and a different skill set than it does to go one-on-one -on -one with a nick aldis for example for a world's title right so for me it's hard to buy into the idea that okay just because this guy was was sly and sneaky enough to avoid everyone and not get thrown out. Well, he deserves a title shot. Well, not necessarily. I prefer title shots to be given to guys who have worked their way up. They've won one-on-one -on -one matches, pinfall or submission, traditional wrestling rules and things like that. So the idea that like, we're just going to pick the whole roster and put them in a, in a ring, it seems like lazy storytelling to me. And I think that's something that's always been in my mind. Like when I watch the Royal Rumble and I know it's at stake, and I know it's a WrestleMania match, and at the same time, I know well they've already, they already know who's going to win, and whoever they want to have that WrestleMania match is going to win, and it can be a cool story. Yeah, I mean they told I thought a, a great story with uh, with Drew McIntyre this year and Brock Lesnar and that whole you know situation. I thought that was cool, but as far as like the broad believability and the authenticity of it, it's just not there for for stuff like that. Well, and then, and then this is where we're going to disagree because I think it's an excellent way to introduce a new top contender. Now, I understand it's a different skill set, but it's also like this is an opportunity. It's a gamble. This is your chance. Look, we all, we all work hard Monday through Friday. We bust our butts. We get our paycheck. But that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, when you go and buy that lottery ticket and you win some cash, it's the same mentality to me. It's like this is your shot, man. This is the, the – you get to jump the line. All you got to do is outlast 29 other people. And I think that's great because a lot of times – you're right. It's a way to fix lazy storytelling, but it or, or it could lead to lazy storytelling, I should say. But it's a way to fix it as well because at some point, you know, seeing Randy Orton versus Edge for the world title over and over again, it, it starts to get dull. Seeing John Cena and, and those guys in the main event starts to get dull. But when you get someone like Daniel Bryan – 
who outlasts 30 other men in the Rumble and to get his shot, to get his WrestleMania moment, you can get behind that. And, and so let's, let's look at the NWA and let's try to bring it back to the National Wrestling Alliance. Somebody like Ricky Starks or Trevor Murdoch could have shocked the world by winning a battle royal and getting a world title shot at Nick Aldis. Uh, you know, as it stands right now, neither one of them got a shot when they were wrestling on power. And in the storyline, there was no chance for them to get that shot because if Nick Aldis wasn't feuding with Ricky Morton for crying out loud or, or Marty Skrull, you know, he, he had his hands full with Tim Storm. So there wasn't an opportunity for a guy like Caleb Conley to get a shot or even Eli Drake, someone who's established but is just on a different trajectory. This would bring those two, two points together. And I, I see what you're saying it, because people can get lazy with it. And they can't take advantage of this opportunity. Be like, oh, well, it's time to do James Storm versus uh, Nick Aldis part three. So let's just have Storm win that battle royal. But it's also a way to set up things like Eli Drake, like Ricky Starks, like Caleb Conley, for crying out loud. It gives us an opportunity to switch it up, which, you know, can create interest and buzz. For me, that's always a fun time. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, this is going to come down to just a matter of preference and opinion. I mean, for me, uh, it, it comes down to the level of, of buy-in for me where it's like, you know, uh, when you mention like a Caleb Connolly or someone like that, now this would take a little more time. It wouldn't be an overnight thing, but have him win the TV title and, and, and do the lucky sevens. And that's how he gets his title shot. There's other ways to do it, you know, but I, sure. I like, for me, in my mind, I like the visual of, I just saw this guy win seven matches in a row, seven title defenses in a row. He definitely deserves a shot versus, he was in the ring with a bunch of other guys, and then at the very <laughs> end, he, he was he was sneaky enough and, and fast enough and, and deceptive enough to not get thrown over there. You know, you know what I mean. But and I, and I, I value that at certain times. And I think one of the things for me too is you know looking at WWE with the Royal Rumble traditionally now being how to set up the main event for WrestleMania. I feel like they've kind of pigeonholed themselves with that because you know every year. You, your your build to WrestleMania is going to go Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, and you're already going to know what the main event is, right? So it, it's it doesn't really leave any room for organic storytelling or organic feuds to come about. You know, imagine at, at the first WrestleManias if that's how they always did it. You know what I mean? It's like how many feuds would you have missed out on or uh, not had the same gravitas because it was just like, oh, well, Hulk Hogan won the Royal Rumble, so that's why he's in this match. You know, and you don't have that organic storytelling, that creativity piece to it. So I think that's a lot of where I'm coming from as well. And and, and I don't think you're wrong either. Um, I don't think it should be used exclusively as a pay-per-view match, as a yearly selling point. Like when they did the California Classic in in Southern California, uh, you know, at the Grand Olympic Auditorium, it was always – there was a prize. It wasn't necessarily a world title shot. It wasn't necessarily an opportunity to challenge this guy. It was always just like, here's a $15,000 check for winning the battle Royal. And at the time that was a pretty big deal, especially, you know, uh, back then $15,000 was a lot more money than it is today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who couldn't, right? But, but I, I do see your point, man. I do see your point. Um, lazy storytelling. Yeah, you're right. That happens. Uh, I think we agree, but we still kind of disagree. So it's we're in this weird, funky place. Yeah, well, I think we've learned that, um, 
you and I are, are too nice and too good of friends to really disagree on on anything. So that's about as uh, as as polarized as Jake <laughs> and I are probably going to be. We come probably. from the same camp. We have the same mentality about a lot of things. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love getting together talking about stuff like this. You guys that are watching this, if you've got thoughts about battle royals, you love them, you hate them, uh, or you're just kind of neutral, you don't care, uh, let us know. Like comment below. Um, and let us know your thoughts on that. Let's keep the conversation going. Uh, but we do have a lot coming up. Uh, just to recap, tomorrow night we've got All Out, where we're going to see our uh, real women's world champion, Thunder Rosa, yeah. uh, going after the AEW Women's Championship and Hikaru Shida. Um, and then, guys, it's not. it keeps getting closer and closer, but September 15th, We've got UWN Primetime Live premiering. We already know about a few matches that are coming out of that. Obviously, Mike Bennett versus Nick Aldis for the 10 pounds of gold. And uh, and this week, uh, in the last couple of days, actually, just came out, Camille versus Heather Monroe is going to be um, on that show. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to see Camille back in the ring. J-Cal, what are you excited about? I mean, look, this whole, this whole card is getting stacked. And the fact that it's only about two hours away from my house, Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll sneak in somehow. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> when you're talking about, first of all, uh, the, the women's division of United Wrestling Network race, rests solely on the shoulders of Heather Monroe. So it'll be cool to see Heather Monroe. I mean, she challenged Jazz for that world title. She beat Barbie Hayden in China. I was there. Um, and she did have a shot at Thunder Rosa, but came up short. So seeing, seeing Heather Monroe you know, take on Camille, who, let's be honest, Camille is intimidating. Camille is tough. Camille is unproven in the NWA and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood United Wrestling Network. Um, so it'll be inter- interesting to see what she can do. And let's not forget, I mean, there's, there's now been announced three title matches on this show. We're going to have the World's Heavyweight Championship match, which I know everybody's looking forward to. We're also going to have Hammerstone, who you, a lot of people know from MLW, their open weight champion. He's also the West Coast Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion, and he'll be defending against EJ Sparks. And then also just announced that man, Dan, Dan Joseph, the United Wrestling Network television champion, will be defending against Levi Shapiro and, uh, and Howdy. Well, I mean, Howdy's his manager, but all that aside, um, it's going to be a cool introduction for the NWA to see some of these talents from United Wrestling Network that they may not be familiar with. I hope you guys all give it a chance. And of course, Thunder Rosa is going to be there. We know that, um, well, it's rumored that Eli Drake's going to be there. It's also rumored that our national heavyweight champion, the third-degree Mongrovian uh, black belt, uh, Aaron Stevens, should be there. So, I mean, we're, this this card is shaping up. Chris Dickinson's going to be there. It really, really is looking good. If you guys haven't ordered already, I suggest doing so now because Fight TV is doing a special deal. If you order, pre-order the first four shows, not only are you only paying twenty three ninety nine, but you're also getting a five dollar uh, instant rebate or instant coupon for the next pay per view you order. So I mean, you're basically getting four shows for five bucks. Can't beat that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm super excited, and and to your point, I'm really uh, looking forward to um, getting exposed to some of these uh, championship wrestling and, and UWN talents that. I've heard about, but I haven't actually had a, a chance to really see them in action and in a storyline. Um, so I'm excited to see the kind of the intermingling of 
the different promotions, different brands on this show. And hopefully we see more of it. Hopefully we see more guys uh, popping up and, um, and showing up on UWN primetime live, uh, even outside of, you know, traditional UWN or NWA um, talent. So it's just, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. This is, I feel like the closest to, uh, you know, territory wrestling that we've, we've had in decades, you know what I mean? Where it's like, Hey, you know, Marquez has said it, there's an open door here. Anybody that wants to work with us, we're open to working. So uh, you can see, you can see anyone show up. You don't know there, there's no uh, stipulations or egos or anything like that. It's, it's just a, a good wrestling show. So as Jake Al said, head over to fight TV. You can get the, uh, the bundle where you can get the first four episodes for one price. Uh, you can order it, you know, per episode, if that's the route that you want to go, it's also going to be available uh, in demand on regular pay-per-view. So check that out, but it's, it's stacking up to be a, a heck of a first show. So um, you guys are going to want um, to be a part of that. So you don't miss out. Um, and again, all out tomorrow night, stoked about that. Uh, we've got um, over here at, at This is the NWA Podcast, we've got an interview with Mike Bennett that we did a couple of nights ago that uh, is stellar. Uh, the NWA fan, you guys are going to want to see this. You're going to want to hear uh, this perspective and this version of, of Mike Bennett because it's not the version that you, you know if all you know is WWE. We dive into a lot of stuff um, about his history and, and who his inspirations were and uh, his respect for historical and, and traditional uh, NWA wrestling and things like that. So that'll be coming out uh, sometime in the next three or four days. Um, we're trying to be strategic about when we release that. So make sure you're subscribed to our channel, uh, youtube.com slash the NWA pod and Jcal, where can the people connect with you? Well, first of all, you can follow us on all social medias at the Alliance blog. Um, we do a good job. I think a pretty good job of covering the United wrestling network and the national wrestling Alliance. We want to be your number one source for news and information. So that's that's where we're at. And that's uh, at the Alliance blog. And then, again, the website is alliance-wrestling.com. Uh, we do the pre-party that essentially is going to lead up to the United Wrestling Network's primetime live. And we do that every Tuesday. We do it at uh, 5, uh, 5, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. And, uh, of course, we're, all we do is talk NWA with the hashtag NWA fam. Uh, you're all welcome to join us. And then, of course, um, you know, the wise man once said that the uh, three-day weekend is great, but the four-day work week is so much sweeter. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to four days next week, brother. I am, too. And, hey, listen, we're going live Sunday night at our normal time of 8 p.m. And guess what? You don't have to work on Monday, so you can stay up late with us and hang out. So uh, check us out. Uh, this is the NWA podcast live on Sunday night. Um, this has been the Friday Hot Tag. J. Cal, as always, such a pleasure to uh, to end my week of work days by talking to you. And uh, until next Friday, we'll see you.